We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. To you, the listener, I want you to know that I appreciate you, and I'm thrilled to have you here for another episode. If there's ever anything that I can do to support you, please reach out. That being said, if you'd like to connect with me, LinkedIn is the channel that you will find me on. Just search for Lori Hybe. You can simply click the follow button as I post daily information about marketing strategy, tips, all podcast episodes, and upcoming events. If you'd like to connect, make sure to send a note with your connection request that references Social Capital. I can't wait to hear from you. Social Capital Podcast is sponsored by Keystone Click, a strategic digital marketing agency that believes in order to successfully market to your ideal customer, you have to first understand your customer. Learn more at keystoneclick.com. Today's guest is Bud Matthews. With nearly 40 years of sales, marketing, and management experience at multiple Fortune 500 companies, Bud started Ascend Performance LLC, powered by Sales Acceleration, utilizing his experience to help small to medium-sized businesses obtain optimal results. Bud also works in talent selection, assisting companies in finding the right person for the right seat using state-of-the-art assessments. These assessments can also be used to understand skill set as a basis for training and self-development. And a couple fun facts about Bud. He is a three-time Ironman, a grandfather, and a distinguished Toastmaster. Bud, welcome to the show. Thank you, Laurie. It's great to be with you. Fantastic. Excited to have you here. Blown away by the Ironman, not just once, not twice, but three times. That is quite impressive. Well, that tells you I'm not very smart. (laughs) <laughs> had a lot of fun doing it my Ironman days are over but I do take good care of myself physically I try to stay fit yeah that's that's something I'm I'm personally trying to do a better job working on um that's it's my own I'm my own worst enemy when it comes to that <laughs> but we're not here to talk about Lori's health today we're here to talk about you sales marketing networking all that fun stuff um Let's talk about what it is that you do. What is an outsourced VP of sales? Well, thank you, Lori. Thanks again for having me this morning. I think in my bio, you talked about that I was a sales professional. I was in the business for 40 years. So before I tell you what I do, I'd like to tell you why I do it. And those 40 years was really a curse and a blessing. And I worked for those two Fortune 500 companies, great organizations. I took away much, but I found myself over that time period traveling a lot. And what happened was that I traveled 80% of the time across the country and even across the world. And this caused me to miss a lot of family events, birthdays, school events, et cetera. And although I lived in Brookfield at the time for over 20 years, I wasn't really part of the community. In fact, I really didn't even know my neighbors. And I'm ashamed to say that. So about a year and a half ago, I decided to make a change. And what I want to do is take that experience, knowledge and skills that I gained while being a part of those organizations 
to smaller companies in my community. And in doing so, I can spend more time with my three grandchildren, enjoy our cabin up in the Northwoods, and make a difference in the lives of small business owners, many of which now, today, I call my friends. So what is an outsourced VP of sales? Well, what I do is I come into small to medium-sized organizations, and I place a sales infrastructure within them. And what that means, it's a sales strategy, a sales process. I introduce KPIs to help drive the right sales behaviors toward company goals. I write job descriptions for sales professionals. I work on incentive plans. I focus on an outbound sales strategy. And Lori, I know you focus on the inbound side. I work on the outbound side, and that's the cold calls and the prospecting and the seven steps of selling that I help implement within the organization. So once they get sales and revenue up, and that's what it's all designed to do to help small to medium-sized owners grow revenue, then I can either exit the business by hiring a replacement or helping them hire a replacement, or I can train one of the sales professionals that they have within their organization to take over and then periodically monitor and make sure that they're on task. It's a great job. I love every minute of it. It helps me spend a lot more time at home and it helps me really gain fulfillment and joy in my job. And it's, it's not the old grind that sometimes we all face in a career. It's something that I really enjoy doing. And you know, sometimes I like to tell a story about how I got into it and what the difference is and how it kind of all works together. So I was called by a gentleman by the name of Michael Patricola. And Michael ran a small food company in Elizabeth, New Jersey. And if you've ever been to Elizabeth, it's the place that you don't want to go to at night. But I remember going into Michael's manufacturing facility, and it was about a $7 million organization at the time. And I was walking up these big steps and I looked into the office and he had the corner office on the second floor of the manufacturing company. And I looked in there and Michael was 52 years, 52 years old at the time. And he was an Irish Italian and he had red hair and he had these big red cheeks. And I looked at him and he says, I need some help. He says, I spend 12, 14 hours a day in this place. I've got to run the operation. I've got to run the supply chain. I've got to buy raw materials. And then I got two sales guys over there in that other room. And I don't know what the heck they're doing. So he says, we've been flat for the last couple of years and I need some help. So then we went in, we looked at his process, put a good sales plan in place, really got those guys focused on the right behavior to drive sales that the organization needed. And we turned it around. And it was a great time. And I remember going up the last time, it was about, no, it was about a year and a half later, I was in town and I do have some other clients out that way on the East Coast. And I walked up those steps again and it was about 4.30, it was the end of the day, I knew Michael would be available. And I walked up and I looked and the red was gone from his cheeks and he had a big smile on his face. And he said, bud, I've only got 10 minutes. I've got a date with my wife and I'm taking her to dinner. And that was the end of his 14 hour days. So that's what really makes my job and my role fulfilling. Love it. Um, great stories to share. Thank you so much. I think stories do a fantastic job of helping to illustrate the points that you're trying to make. Um, how did you get into more of the um, 
coaching consulting space then? Well, when I, an example within Michael's organization and other organizations that I'm a part of, a lot of times sales managers really don't have the training. And I was privy to that for many, many years, working with large companies. They're very good at training their staff and training me. And I went through a lot of good things. So I learned very quickly in my roles as a consultant, a sales consultant, that when you work with people as a consultant, it's not the old command and control like you used to do when I was in the seat back in the day. So I would have to learn new skills to help them convince them on the right behaviors to get things done. And I had a challenge with that. I, I didn't have that. I used to come out of my office and say, this is what needs to be done today and I go get it done. And that was the old style of management for many, many years. Today, you've got to be very empathetic and sympathetic to your personnel within the organization. You got to treat them very well and you got to retain them. So I didn't have that skill set. So I went back to school at 61 years old. So I enrolled at uh, University of Wisconsin Madison certified coaching program. And I went through a nine month program there and I learned a lot about me. And really, to be an effective coach, you really have to know yourself first before you're able to help others. And it was a great experience. And I, I use those skills each and every day. And it ties in very nicely on the sales consulting side when you're putting those systems and processes in place and helping others understand that and then really being empathetic to their situation, helping them see the way and then helping them become more successful. Love that. Here's a fun one, um, more so for the small business owner. What can they do to improve their revenue? Well, that's what they all ask themselves. And <laughs> that's the biggest challenge, as you know, when you work with the companies and clients that you have. And I think when I look at a small business owner, uh, there's two big challenges that they face. And first of all, they, they, they really don't understand what the problem is. And you, you can't change what you don't know, but recognizing the problem is half the solution. And that's when they call me to come in. And when I do, they need to be in a position to really have the mindset of, of growth that they wanna scale. And that's where the opportunity lies. So I'd much rather work with an organization that has a growth mindset and most of all, operates with integrity. I think those are the two most important things that a, a small business owner can possess and be successful at. Yeah, that's great advice. I agree. The mindset is extremely important. And I know it's a stronger topic today than it was you know, 15 years ago when I was just getting started with my business. But it does play a big factor in the overall um, success of the business. Thank you for that. All right. This is going to be a good time to pause for a quick message from our sponsor. Social Capital is sponsored by Keystone Click. Located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Keystone Click is a strategic digital marketing agency focused on helping their clients generate and nurture opportunities online. For Social Capital listeners, they've created an awesome Guide to Profits booklet featuring 42 tips on how to build brand awareness, generate leads, and nurture those opportunities online. Visit keystoneclick.com backslash profits to download your own guide today. 
So, Bud, the purpose of my show is to help people that are afraid when they hear that word networking overcome that fear. So I'm hoping you can help do that by sharing with our listeners one of your most successful or favorite networking experiences that you've had. Well, Lori, networking is something that I had to learn over the past couple of years. And when you work within a large company, you really don't have time to work within your community. And I had networked with a lot of contacts across the country, but my goal was to work within Southeast Wisconsin and stay close to home. So what I had to do was really find a way to start developing referral partners and understanding people that are compliments to the work that I do. And that's how you and I met. And we had coffee together and we talked about the important roles that you play with small businesses. And then how on the sales side, and that's strictly all I do, I stay in that sales lane, how I can complement your efforts. And if we're working with a client who I can see needs more inbound lead generation, that's where an organization like yours can come in. So developing those networks, and it's not only with the marketing professionals like yourself, it's understanding people that are in the banking industry and understanding all the complementary partners that work with small business owners and then getting to know them. And the, the other part of networking that I've learned is that you really need to develop a friendship with the people that you interact with because they're trusting you to make a difference with their client if they refer you in and making sure that they know you and know the type of person that you are and the work that you do is critical are the networking really doesn't come together like it should. Yeah, I, I agree. I, and it's interesting because that's not necessarily a topic that I've explored on this show is the creating a friendship. Um, but yeah, that that is what you're doing. It doesn't have to be a personal, super deep friendship, but it's a level of trust that has exactly. been established so that um, you have confidence, you know, if you're referring someone or if you're going to engage them for services or you're just sharing information. Uh, yeah, that is a really important factor to take a look at. It's but, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, regardless of the size of your network, it's really important to stay in touch and nurture those relationships. So how do you do that? Well, within my organization and my company, Ascend Performance, I do have a newsletter. And I send that out to prospects, I send it out to clients, and I send it out to referral partners, which I call my network. And a lot of times I'll change the messaging. And what I try to do, and I've learned this from smart marketers like you, is provide something that they can use that's useful to them, that's interesting. It's not about me. It's about working with my referral partners and my network partners and my clients and prospects and giving them something, a sales tip or letting them take my sales assessment that I have that I provide free of charge to a lot of people. And that's, that really is how you begin to build trust and how they start to understand what you do and how you do it. I like the, um, the one-to-many approach is a fantastic way to stay in front of people. You don't necessarily have to nurture those relationships by just having one-on-ones. Um, 
consistently. So I think, and that can be over overwhelming, but yeah. as long as you're providing value and, and, you know, writing one message so that many people can see it at the same time, that's a fantastic way to remind people of your expertise and to just be a resource to them. So Absolutely. I, I'm a huge fan of, of that approach. Yeah. Absolutely. And as you know, timing is everything. It and sure is. We may be talking to someone who things are going very well for them and they may be able to take some of those tips and implement them within their system and within their company. But then again, when the time comes and it always comes when adversity hits, it's something that they know where to call and who to call and, and how we can help them from a sales perspective. Here's a fun one for you. If you could go back to your 20 year old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of, less of, or differently with regards to your professional career? If I was telling my 20 year old self, the first thing I would tell him is to listen to what your trainer tells you and how you prepare your workouts. So as I mentioned to you, when, when I was doing my training for the triathlons, that's, that's hard on your body. And a lot of times we think we're Superman the more than we are. So I, I would tell myself to listen to the trainer. And then the second thing I would really tell myself is to be patient, slow down, stay in the moment and, and enjoy life. So often, and, I, and I'm a good example of it, when you get into the, into the corporate environment or you get within an organization and you push, 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 you let a lot of things go by. And I mentioned that to you, I missed a lot of things with my family that I do regret and I really didn't have to. I, I really didn't have to. So I would tell Bud at 20 years old, slow down, stay focused, do the job, but take care of others that are around you. Yeah, that's that's great advice. I always like asking that question so that if there's any um, young, eager minds listening, that maybe they'll they'll take a couple nuggets away. Um, you know, there's always what it could have should us. And um, yeah, I think that's great. Slowing that's down. Great and, yeah. 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 Thank you very much. Slow um, down. Enjoy life. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to give you the opportunity to interview me. So what's something you'd like to ask me? I think one of the things I'd like to ask, and it's something that I look for, is what do you value most in the clients that you work with? Oh, that's a fun question. And I've never been asked that question before. What I value most in the clients that I work with are the clients that respect the expertise and knowledge that we have and ask and challenge the thinking that we have because they want to learn more about the approach and the strategy that we're implementing for them. Um, but at the same time, they trust us to make the absolute best decision or on behalf of their business goals that they've identified. So it's very it's a working relationship. Yeah, very good. Very good. Thank Excellent you. Answer. And then let, let me ask you another question. Can I sure. ask two, Lori? Yeah. Yeah, go for it. You're not yes, the first person to do that. I'll tell you that. <laughs> All right. So let me ask you this. Within your organization, what do you value most in the people that you work with? Oh, I love that question too. Um, I value communication. That is the number one thing that I overemphasize to all of my team members from the first day that they joined the team 
to just a constant reminder. Um, you know, things happen in, in life and, you know, there's sometimes you can't control the situations, but simply communicating, you know, whether you're behind or you're stuck or you're going to be late um, or you're interested in learning something new or trying a new task, that's what really makes the world go round. And that's where success um, comes from is just having that open and honest, transparent, candid conversation um, and, and staying ahead of the game, being proactive in that communication. That's a great answer. You're very grounded. That's a very good answer. And I find within organizations that I walk into, communication is lacking. You probably do too. And that's a big issue. And making sure that everybody certainly understands what the goal is and that everybody is working toward the goal that the company has in place. And the only way to do that is to make sure it's communicated properly. And more importantly, they understand. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's simply yeah. all that I ask for is just communicate. I don't want to make assumptions and I don't want you making assumptions. So yeah. let's have a clear, honest, open conversation. Yeah. And um, normally help them because, you know, normally within an organization, there isn't anything that they're facing that you haven't faced a couple of times. And the tips and the insight that you can provide them can really make their life a lot easier and more enjoyable, I um yeah yeah that's all right so i hear that you have a nice offering for our listeners you want to talk about that i do i do i've got a great book that i've read a couple of times and it's by mark thacker and it's really designed for a small business owner and it's called hope realized finding the path to success and i, I like to call it a love story Laurie but it's, it's more than that. It's about how a sales consultant came into an organization and addressed many of the challenges that today's small business owners are facing and provided some really good guidelines and a path to success. So I do have five copies of this that I would like to, to lay out. And I'm not sure, Lori, how you do that within the organization, if it's the first five callers or the first five contacts to me. <laughs> Whatever it may be. Sure. <laughs> you know, the I, phone's ringing, so it's probably the first five contacts or however you. Yeah, you I was going to say, you know, I'm not a, a nationally syndicated radio show or anything like that okay. where we've got the light boards, you know, the whatever it's called, switchboards lighting up. <laughs> so uh, feel free to, to um, uh, reach out to Bud if you're interested in this book. Uh, why don't you share how people can get in contact yeah. with you? So they can reach out to me, Lori, at Bud, very simply, B-U-D, Bud at Ascend, A-S-C-E-N-D, performance, all one word, LLC.com. It's all one word. And if they'd like to take my sales agility assessment, they're more than happy to do that. It's a 10-question quiz, and it will give them a perspective if they're a small business owner, where they're at, no obligation. They don't even have to talk to me. I'd be more than happy to have them do it and learn from it. And I'll send them a book along with it. Cool. That sounds great. We'll include all that information in our show notes. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today, bud. Lori, it's been a pleasure. It's great to see you. Best of luck to you and your organization. And I'm sure we'll see you in a few weeks. Absolutely. All right. This wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Bud Matthews for taking the time to connect with us. And as mentioned before, let's connect on LinkedIn. I'm looking forward to hearing from you and I hope you enjoyed today's show. 
Most importantly, reach out and connect with someone. Go reconnect with someone from your past or find someone new that you'd like to connect with. That's what it's all about. Go and build those relationships. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.